welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast, please. It's all free. You can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. Why, it's freer than a pass given to a Democrat press secretary. Oh, you guys going on and on about a stolen election. Biden didn't win. You guys are nuts. You need to stop. No election was stolen. You have to stop saying that. Well, oops, we have some old tweets from 2016 from none other than the White House puppet press secretary talking about what? How Donald Trump stole the election. But that's okay. That's okay. You didn't see that. That's okay. No, it's okay to say he did it. You just don't get to say Biden did it. Oh, come on, guys. Get the apps. They're all free. Nobody's going to say you stole them. They're free. And you can tweet about it. It's okay. Please do. How is everybody doing today? We started another series. I know. I know another series. But I found this to be true, and I'm addressing why so many series on the podcast. Uh, But we've been so indoctrinated with some stuff that I believe it takes a series to chip away and chip away at some things that we've learned, and, well, maybe we need to unlearn. And, of course, add some things we need to learn. And so simply flip over and and be like, okay, I get it. I get it. So we have to to kind of wade into these issues so that we can see the truth. And I said, you know, chip away at things that – aren't necessarily blatantly in your face false, but I don't know if you've noticed, sometimes we seem to go to some extremes in Christianity. I don't know if you've noticed that, uh, where we're easily pulled into the ditch on certain subjects. And so that's why I wanted to do this series about the word of God. You remember that thing, the Bible? You remember, remember this thing right here? We had pages and script. I know we have phones and all that. I appreciate uh, technology. But your Bible, you remember the Bible? Remember your Bible? Um, Friends, I've seen where today's believers are more so drawn to the flash, drawn to the excitement and the flash of conferences and big names and, you know, in and of themselves, not bad people, not bad conferences, not bad meetings. But what I've seen is believers have decided to lay aside the word of God for the word of some preacher. And that's the truth. Now, not not in the way that I'm, I'm trying to make it sound. What I'm saying is, is we want to go to prophetic conferences because we want prophesied over. We want someone to give us a word. We want a group to gather around us and pray over us for the hundredth time so somebody will get a word from heaven for me. Well, let me say, in and of itself, not all bad, but far from all good. Because at the end of the day, the word of God is the foundation in which all that should hang on to anyways. Every prophecy, every word from the Lord, every, I think God's telling me, it all better come back to the word of God anyways. So that I I don't want a word from somebody that's so far out, I can't find any proof of it in the Bible. That's some thin ice. So that's why we're doing this series. And and no, the word isn't, um, 
outdated, it's not boring, or whatever people are thinking. We need to get back to the integrity of the word of God that when I don't get a prophecy, which by the way, you're not supposed to seek out anyways, people are seeking it out. God will seek you out if he has something to say through that method. If he has something to say through a prophet, he'll find you, but you seeking it out and wanting a voice, you'll get a voice. So when I don't get a word from the Lord through somebody, which if you want to hear voices, buddy, let me tell you what, you can. It may not be who you think it is. The devil spoke to Jesus and quoted scripture to him. You think about that. You can get a voice. It may not be who you want it to be from, but the devil spoke to Jesus, quoted scripture. So be very careful what you're seeking out. Anyway, listen, I apologize. I'm just seeing some very disturbing trends that are casting a bit of a shadow over the word of God for the purpose of saying, well, but so-and-so meeting, they prophesied all night. Well, okay. I just want to address this. We, we, had, a, we had something like that happen here a while back. It's still sticking with me a little bit. And again, nothing against the person holding the meeting, nothing against the church that held the meeting, nothing against the person that was the speaker at the meeting. I'm just, I'm throwing out some very obvious things that didn't sit well with me as a red flag that sh- that actually jumped out to a handful of other more mature ministers in the room that were also having an issue. And when that kind of thing pops up, when it's not just me, but it's him, it's her, it's her, him, and her, and these are ministers that have been around for a minute, and they're all picking up on something, but I just don't know what it is, you better pay attention. So I'm going to say it because it's the truth anyway. So a certain minister comes to town. And they start by saying on night one, I was going to preach, but I can't because, and they handed out several dozen prophecies all night. Next night, I was going to preach, but third night, I was going to preach, but now listen, in three services, listen, in three services, not one scripture, not one, no scripture given not a bible cracked open once not once it's a red flag to me oh they're of the devil no 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 i didn't say that i didn't say that immature possibly uh new in the ministry feeling the call to prophesy without any foundation right i'm 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 not saying anything against them i'm telling you what a red flag is to me to be very cautious Some were excited, some were confused, some were scared, some were upset, some were mad at the prophecies that came forth. But three nights and no Bible. And if you want to top it off, because again, I'm willing, I was willing to be like, hey, I'm not, I'm just saying. I go to this particular minister's Facebook page. No scripture. Like no, no scriptures even on your again, no, no Bible, no scripture. I mean, as a as a minister, I post scriptures on my personal page all the time but I couldn't find anything that tied back to scripture to back this person's ministry in any way. No daily encouraging words from the Bible, just advertising to come to my meeting after prophetic meeting after prophetic meeting after my meetings. Big red flag for me. And yet some people ate it up like it's the best thing they had ever heard in their entire lives and no Bible. And people are mad at me for even kind of saying what I'm saying right now. And there's people that are going to be mad at me for saying this. You're going to be mad at me for saying that we got no scripture in three nights. 
You're going to be mad at me for saying, I didn't say all the prophecies were wrong. I'm not saying they were all right either. But people are getting upset with me, and that tells me everything I need to know about where people stand with the word of God being the foundation and not somebody giving a prophecy. That's If people getting upset with me about that, that I find that a little upsetting, well, that's old-fashioned, Donnie. You seem, you seem to be a little old-fashioned. Fa- the Bible is old-fashioned, that I would hope that they would use one scripture in three nights of meetings is uh, kind of a, a strange, unreasonable request. That's how far we've come that people are are pandering for that and can't stand that I would dare question something like this? Guys, I'm not coming against the person persons. I'm telling you, I'm not preaching against them. I'm preaching for the word of God. Some people acted like it was the best thing they ever heard in their entire life and no Bible, that's an issue. That's an issue. The word of God is so important in our lives to judge prophecy by. 2 Peter 1 and verse 20, you must understand this at the outset. Interpretation of scripture prophecy requires the Holy Spirit for it does not originate from somebody's own imagination. You must have Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Even in prophetic issues, friends, it must come from the Bible. Okay, I know I'm getting off here. I'm talking about the word of God, how I want us to better understand the importance of of giving the word of God the place that it deserves in our life. The importance that God, that Jesus, that Holy Spirit, that even these that we see in these biblical stories, they gave the word major place in their lives. They placed great importance upon it as we should. So last last week I talked about introducing this, the word is likened unto bread. And I'm just trying to get us to see in the same way I suppose Jesus was trying to get you to see the need or the importance of having the word. The Bible has a lot to say about it. Lord, give us our daily bread or daily word from God that God looks to communicate with you every day. Give you a fresh word every day through the Bible. It's nourishment. It's filling. So we looked at that. And now today I want to talk about how the Bible is likened unto water. We had bread that represents the food. And so how long could you go without food? Well, most experts say 40 to 80 days. How long could you go without water? Well, seven to 14 days, they say. So if the Bible is food and the Bible is water, how long spiritually can you go without the book? I know your spirits are saved by the blood, sealed by the spirit, but I think we have many now uh, malnourished Christians. You're malnourished and you're dehydrated. Oh, you're living, but it's rough. So God gave them bread from heaven, but the true bread is Jesus. He was talking about the manna and how they needed that daily to make it. And Jesus is the word, but, but God ties bread and water together. Psalm 105, 40 and 41, the people asked and he, he brought quail and he satisfied them with the bread from heaven. He opened the rock and water gushed out and it ran into the dry places like a river. So literal bread or manna, but it represented something spiritual as we saw But what about the rock and the water? Could it too represent something spiritually? Now, here's what you're going to have to grab. Your Bibles are a spiritual book written by a spiritual being to spirit beings. So get that. God is a spirit. You're a spirit, the real you. So this is a spiritual book written by a spirit to spirits. So trying to figure out a spiritual book with a natural mind and science and problem-solving natural skills is what has hurt the church for years, and it has cast a bad light on the Word of God. 
The natural mind cannot get it. There are so many spiritual meanings in the book. And, but that should excite you. As you remember, you're a spirit. And this is why, again, you must, you must, John 16, 12 through 15. I still, this is Jesus. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. Speaking, all things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You must have Holy Spirit in your life. If you want to understand a spirit book, he will guide you into all truth because he is a spirit of truth. And so this is why so many can read the same book, the same Bible and come up with five different meanings and doctrines on one scripture. It's because so many don't have the spirit of truth guiding them into all truth. So they take man's wisdoms and they say, well, this is what the Bible means. How in the world could anybody say things like healing is no more? No more miracles and speaking in tongues is of the devil. And yet there are denominations that absolutely believe that with their whole hearts. Listen to me, you are Christians. And guess what? Eventually you're going to have to read your Bible. It's no history book or literal, you know, literature. Or liter you know, it, it is an autobiography from God. God himself gave you this book, and that ought to mean something to you. He opened up the rock and water gushed out. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, and all drank from the same spiritual drink. Now we know it says literal water came out, but here it says spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, guys, we know the Old Testament is filled with types and shadows showing us the coming Savior, Jesus, the rock, the serpent on a pole, the Passover lamb that was slain. I mean, it goes on and on. And here it says, the rock was Christ, but out of him flowed spiritual water. Just like the cloud by day and the fire by night was who? That was Holy Spirit. It's all here, friends. But that rock was Christ, and water represents the word. And out of the rock, Christ, Christ flowed the word, and it followed them everywhere. Now, we can see this, and I think it's pretty easy nowadays. We are in a war of words. Whose word will you believe? God's telling you what took place, what will take place, what currently is taking place. And the devil, well, he's saying, no, did God really say that? I mean, do you really think that's true? Now, the devil won't, the devil won't uh, let you read something and just come out and say, well, the Bible is a lie. No, what he has to do is simply get you to question the meaning behind the statements that you're reading. You know it's in the Bible. You, you know they're there. You know God said them. Can't argue that. So let's confuse them with the questioning of the word of God, the meanings that are behind it. Then let's add a bunch of confusion by, by launching every so often the lie of how it was men that wrote the Bible. So they changed all that through the years and they took out these books and they added these books and here's a new lost book of and they left out this book uh, and the church and so-and-so decided to remove that and so-and-so king decided he didn't like that. So he changed the meaning of scripture to say something else and then it comes around about every, about every year that comes around. I just had a, a gentleman who is a homosexual man tell me that the Bible never said homosexuality in its original wording, it said something else. But man came along and they changed it to say homosexuals. So that's what people think. Just add anything in there. It's not just homosexuals. It's whatever we want to add in there to say, well, the original transcripts actually said this and didn't mean that because that is where I'm at in my life. No, I'm, I'm not coming against the guy. I'm just saying that is truly 
what he believed. And I'm not picking on homosexuals. Let's add, let's just go down the line, you know. But that was an actual experience that just took place. And that was his argument was, and that is how the devil does it. That's how he does it. It's in the Bible, but it was changed. So it's flawed because it was written by men. So that's what people think. Satan wants to starve you out and he wants to flood you with his words, but God's looking to fill you and rehydrate you again. So again, the devil tries to flood us, Revelation 12. This is verse nine. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So the serpent is the devil. We can see that. That's an easy one. But now watch what the serpent does. Remember, I talked about types and shadows, verse 15. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. I know I'm being really basic here, but what comes out of your mouth? Words. Satan spews water or words out of his mouth to cause you to be carried away. Have you ever had a flood of words come against you? I have. Haven't you had things like you aren't going to make it, it runs in the family, they all die at so-and-so age, you're not going to make it past this age, and on and on. I mean, a flood of words. You're crazy. Water represents words. David talked about it. Psalm 69 and verse 1, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. Now, he didn't write this because he fell in a creek. He wrote this because the enemies are coming out against me like a flood of words. You're not going to remain king. Absalom's going to take over. I mean, it was just a flood of words. And God, God's paying you back for your sins. I mean, this is why you won't make it. And, and let me just rock your little sacred cow a little bit. God cannot punish you for your sin because he already punished Jesus for your sin. Now, Psalm 69, 1 and 2, 14 and 15. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in my deep mire where there is no standing. I've come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me. And out of the deep waters, let not the flood water overflow me, nor let the deep swallow me up. And let not the pit shut its mouth on me. He's talking about the words of the enemy. Psalm 93 and verse three, the floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voices. The floods lift up their waves. It's the words of the enemy. Psalm 93 and verse four, I love this. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. The floods have lifted up their voices. But I love what it says. God's voice is louder than their voices. And I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking about the word of God, that that you have the voice of God in your hands right here at any time that the enemy comes and he begins to speak. You have what God says about every single topic, and that's the truth. But many don't see the word of God that way. It easily falls prey to Satan's lies. Matthew 7, 24 and 25, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man that built his house on the rock and the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and they beat on the house, but it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. The floods came, but he built on Christ. The words came, but they cannot knock the house down because you're built on the word of God, not just hearing it, but doing it. So we know God can speak. We know Satan can speak, but we have this too. You can speak. We always say it this way. You're the best prophet of your own life, but you're also the best false prophet of your own life. So the floods came, but he built on Christ. They came. So we know God can speak, Satan can speak, and you can speak, but has your, has your mouth ever gotten you in trouble? <laughs> 
I know mine has. Maybe even today. Deep waters. Floods represent words. And so we need to know the word is a fountain of waters of life. But see, your words are also water. You can drown yourself. Proverbs 18 and verse 4, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. Proverbs 6 and verse 2, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth because of your own mouth. Proverbs 18 and verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life. Here's what that means. God's words are life. Proverbs 4 says, life, health, and medicine to your flesh. God's words are life. Satan's words are death. And I have the power to agree with one of them. The one that speaks life or the one that speaks death. And now the power behind them both lies in my mouth. What will I say? What's coming up out of my mouth will now determine what I get snared by or trapped by or caught up in. Will I get caught up in life or death? Well, the choice is yours. There is but one thing that can defeat the floods. Isaiah 59 and verse 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. That standard is the word of God. If all you got is a prophecy, some word from somebody that's never been backed by Bible and all you got is somebody's thus saith the Lord and again with no biblical backing, when the devil comes to cause you to question, you will have no answer because every prophecy, every thus saith the Lord will be questioned and you better have something to stand upon when that flood comes. Three times we have recorded that Satan came in like a flood. I mean, Jesus had fasted for 40 days and, and he comes in and he says, turn those rocks into bread, right? I mean, he's coming in like a flood. He's tempting him a flood of words towards Jesus. And three times Jesus quoted scripture to overcome that temptation. So listen, if Jesus used the Bible to overcome temptation, how much more do you need to use the Bible to overcome? Jesus knew what was written. So Satan will try to flood us. And the next thing that he does, he tries to famish us. He tries to starve us. He doesn't want the people to hear the word of God because that's what's going to lead to salvation. That's what saved us. And we're going to, and it's going to continue to save you in all the areas of your life. Amos 8 and verse 11. You remember that, that book, Amos? Remember that one? Amos 8 and verse 11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. What's he saying? A spiritual famine's coming. All through the Bible, we see two conversations going on, a natural one and a spiritual one. Too many don't see the spiritual one. Now notice it said a famine of hearing of the word of God, not a famine of the word of God, but of hearing the word. There's plenty of words of God, but not many are hearing it. So if this word really does what it says it does, Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it night and day that you may observe to do according to all that is written for then it will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Prosper, the real meaning isn't gold chains, large, you know, large, planes and great gains. It's a person has a burden and you get behind that person and you help carry the burden or you take the burden off from them and you carry it for them. That's prospering. So whatever you do prospers. If you meditate on the book, you'll prosper. The burdens will be lifted and we need to change our habits on reading the word of God. Meditate on it. So there's going to be a famine of the word hearing it. Mark 4 and verse 14 and 15, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word was sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown into their hearts. Now, wait a minute. This was something that I didn't understand. Now, wait a minute. What do you mean that Satan can take the word out of my heart? 
mean, that was something that kind of concerned me. I'm like, no, wait a minute. The word was put in my heart. Now, how can Satan come in and, and take that word out of my heart? Because we know God speaks and Satan speaks and we speak and all of our words either agree with God or the devil. But when you speak and from where you speak, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So God sows the word through somebody preaching or teaching you, reading the word of God, maybe. And the word is sown into your hearts. And Satan, what he does is immediately will try to get you to speak something in opposition to the word that you just heard. And out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And when you speak that out of your mouth, it leaves your heart. So when God speaks to us, you have to hide that in your heart. You have to meditate on it. You have to memorize it. I'm talking about keep your mouth shut for a minute and get it down in there. You got to memorize it. You got to hold on to it. You got to ponder it. You got to hold fast or Satan will try to get you to speak something immediately out of the abundance of your heart. The mouth speaks and that word will then leave your heart. Great example is when you're praying for somebody to be healed and you've just sown into them an hour's worth of preaching about healing and they come forward and you lay hands on them. They're like, I didn't feel anything. I don't think anything happened. Snatched it right out of their heart snatched it right out of their heart. They came forward because they believed it and it was there, but they didn't take time to ponder it and meditate upon it. And, and so what? That seed, man, it got stolen. It got stolen. Satan tries to flood us and famish, famish us, but Jesus wants to fill us. 1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14, these things we also speak, not in words of man's wisdom that he teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things to spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. This is why people do not know Jesus. This is why people who don't know Jesus, they will argue against the Bible. They don't have a clue. It's all natural. It's foolishness for them. They don't understand it. Natural versus spiritual. It's a spiritual book written by a spirit being to spirit beings. So look at this natural and spiritual conversation happening in John 4, 7 through 10. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman said of Samaria, she said to him, how is it that you being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered, and he said, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. How amazing. Hey, if you just knew who you were talking to, if you knew that I created the entire universe, if you just knew, that's the spiritual conversation. Well, now she goes back to the natural. The woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where do you, where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? So, I mean, here we are, we have logic saying, I mean, it's just science. The well is too deep and you don't even have anything to draw with. I mean, are you greater than our father Jacob? Well, yeah, he is. Jesus answered and he said to her, whoever drinks of this water, you'll thirst again. Whoever drinks of the water that I'm gonna give you, you will never thirst. But the water that I will give you will become in you a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life, the natural and the spiritual. Don't let anybody talk you out of the Bible being the word of God. They're just like this woman, just natural-minded. They couldn't understand what you're talking about with the natural mind. It's like the conversation Jesus had about being born again. How can you go back and decide to your mother's womb and be born a second time? Natural. Here, Jesus was talking spiritual. 
It shall become a fountain on the inside of you. Satan wants to flood us. He wants to famish us. But Jesus wants to place a fountain on the inside of you, inside out. Ephesians 2, 25, 26, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. Catch this, our spirits are cleansed by the blood, but your soul is cleansed by the word. The war's in the mind, friends. Mind, will, and emotions. If you're having a problem with thoughts, it's because you're not washing with the word. It'll cleanse you from the inside out. So I wanna challenge you over the next week, please take a bath. (laughs) Wash with the word every day. Just read one chapter a day and meditate on it. Just one scripture a day. Place it in your notes on your phone or somewhere that you can see it. Pull it up, speak it, talk it out. Come on, I'm telling you, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. I'm talking about Holy Spirit will bring things back to your remembrance that are in the Bible. And right as the devil comes in with thoughts, suddenly Satan has dared to bring something up. And then what do we do? All of a sudden, the word of God that is on the inside of you shall be raised up and stop that flood of words coming against you. Words of doubt and death and destruction? No, 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 no. Devil, I am telling you, it is written. Come on, get back to the Word of God, people. It's our bread. It's our water. He can't starve us out, and he can't dehydrate us. He can't famish us. He can't flood us. He's just going to have to flee us. So read the word, know the word, speak the word. Hey, it was somebody before it was a book. That's why it's so powerful. Hey, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, you know, you know what it is. I'll be attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous. Oh, <laughs>